welcome to the Nerd Party. Hello everybody at home and welcome to Second Contact, a Lower Decks commentary podcast. I am your co-host, Tristan Riddell, and with me as always is... Charlene Schmidt. Charlene Schmidt, today we are talking about episode 309, the penultimate episode of season three called Trusted Sources. And this is a very interesting episode, which has uh, been preceded by a very interesting and diverse season. And uh, this is how it's described. A visiting reporter on the Cerritos puts Captain Freeman on edge. And that's to put it lightly. (laughs) No kidding, right? (laughs) That is definitely underestimating the what what really happens here captain yeah, freeman I, can I, get really uptight <laughs> it's true it's in and it this episode gives you a beckett that you think is like oh my god this is so annoying when she does this she's so selfish but then of course you know <laughs> we have a twist later on so i really can't this is a very different episode like on its face it doesn't seem like a different episode but it really rolls out to be one so i can't wait to talk no about you're it. right it totally does. So let's get jump right in. I'm excited to talk about the many twists that are in this episode, which I, I have to assume are leading right into our next episode next week, which is the season finale. A friggin' season finale goes by too oh. quickly. So if this is your <laughs> first time listening to us, what we do is we uh, we do a commentary for the episode. And so cue up your episode by uh, going on Paramount Plus or however you watch. And uh, as soon as the Star Trek logo opening, the fanfare is done. As soon as you see the Cerritos swoosh by and you see the Star Trek logo, pause it. And then we'll do three, two, one, hit play. And then that way you will be synced up with us. Now, if you want to follow along, you can. If not, if you're out for a walk or driving, you just want to listen, then you can do that as well because we will make it entertaining either way. So is everybody ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? I am. I was born ready. So here we go. All right. Three, two, one, play. All right. Off we go. Coming off a big episode like Crisis Point 2, I was wondering... Just how are they going to keep building the momentum? Because Lower Decks does this. The ends of their seasons usually build up to explosive, action-packed things. And so going into this episode, Trusted Sources, I didn't know if we were in for a mystery or what. I was just kind of excited. And like you said at the top of the show, this is a very different episode. It really played with my expectations. Yes, this was, um, like I said before, it on its surface, it's just seems like the usual same old kind of sec- second, con- not second contact, lower decks kind of episode <laughs> where, um, you know, Freeman d- feels put upon for being a Cali class captain and the Admiralty is throwing her a bone with swing by operation swing by. And so and then a reporter is going to come and, and uh, report on it. And you're just like, oh, the hijinks that are is going to ensue with a reporter coming for the swing by things are going to go crazy you know but right they they do that does happen but not in the way that you expect and no I, not uh, even close and when we got the the trusted sources uh episode name pop up in the uh in the corner because I, I didn't look it up beforehand like i didn't see the name of it i just clicked on it 
Uh-huh. And when we saw trusted sources and we knew that it was, a reporter was coming, I was like, oh, man, I hope this isn't too much of a commentary of what's going on right now. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. there's, like there's... Right. Like, no, enough already. This is our escapist entertainment. We can deal with the hell yeah. that's going on in our real world otherwise, like the rest of the time. Yeah, and I know that Star Trek is great for dealing with that kind of stuff. It really is. And I'm not saying that Star Trek shouldn't reflect our current times, because it absolutely should. It's just with this specific thing, with this specific show, and this specific topic, I was like, I don't want to talk about this right Right. now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I did wonder, too, if that's where this was heading. And I was not terribly excited about it for that very reason. Just like, no, I I really don't want to. And I... I don't know, the way this episode was going for a little while, like say in the first half, it kind of feels like that humdrum, almost trope of what a Star Trek Lower Decks episode is. It's painting by all the right numbers. And so I Mm -hmm. thought, okay, is it going to be like the stupid hokey tale where the reporter sees a bunch of crazy things, like she sees people going wild during buffer time, uh, but then yeah. her re- final report, like Freeman thinks it's going to be a disaster, but like her final report is like, oh, they're so charming, I love them so much, and they kind of did that, but in a completely different way. Yes, yeah, that was exactly how, I guarantee everyone thought this was going to go. Like if, if yeah, you've they seen got the show us. before, you know anything about storytelling, that is very much what you think we're going to get. So we get in... Enterprise, uh, excuse me, a next-gen throwback with the Enterprise uh-huh. D with the Ornara and Brecca storyline, which I always thought was interesting because it was the it was the Say No to Drugs episode in the 80s. That's right, right. And I love that, like, Freeman even straight up says, and Picard just left cold turkey? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, yeah, yeah he, nice he, cute he, little... He straight up was just like... I'm going to cut communications between these two people because one is taking advantage of the other. And uh, let's just roll the dice and hope it goes well. (laughs) Which is kind of what we did with the Just Say No campaign. Like, just don't do it, kids. You're not going to do it, right? We good? Okay, we're going to move on now. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, totally worked. I thought, I'm okay, Mariner covered in blueberry... (laughs) um, (laughs) Not jam, but like pie filling. Uh huh. She goes from this deck all the way down to her quarters and is still <laughs> leaving footprints. Is uh-huh. it like it, are her boots filled with it? Like, does she have a dispenser in her pants? Like, what is going on? I, here? I, I think she's yeah, just drowning in blueberry juice. Which I have to admit, I was craving blueberry pancakes the whole time I was watching this episode this morning. Just sounded really good. So we don't get too much of Rutherford, Tindy, and Boimler in this episode. We, they're not mm. absent, but there's not a lot of focus on the three of them. No. No, it's a little bit of a departure from what we've been having as of late. Yeah. Minus the peanut hamper episode, which is largely her. But we've seen a yeah, lot if- of the them working together as a foursome rather than the split up. But this episode focuses... I'd say specifically on Mariner and Captain Freeman and their relationship, because we're going for that dynamic one more time, but with that little bit of a twist where you think it's Beckett Mariner, or should I call her Bucket Mariner? (laughs) (laughs) That was fun. Uh, Yeah. Screwing things up. And of course, no, not really. It's actually Captain Freeman who's going to screw everything up this time. So the reporter is wearing a, uh, an emblem 
that is looks like a a variation of the emblem that we see in um in other movies and in other times that we've seen journalists in Star Trek, which is rare. Very rare. And so it was cool to see that again. Yeah. Yeah, the continuity was great. And I'm very bummed that the pie eating contest or it got canceled. <laughs> really? Oh, pie? No, you can't have innocent fun like a pie eating contest. What's so wrong about that? I think this is one of those, this was one of the first uh, moments I think that the show was telling us that this is going to get different because in a normal Lower Decks episode, we would have seen the pie eating eating contest regardless of what was going on because what would have happened is Beckett would have found a way to have the pie eating contest no matter what and then the reporter would have walked in and then things would have gone crazy and Freeman would have been embarrassed and sure. that, again it was it, it is I know this this term has been overused a lot lately but it's subverting expectations but in a very <laughs> good way also no, it's I've true been, though I've been a video producer I've been in video production for 19 years. I can't stand that Star Trek has such a lack of imagination when it comes to futuristic video production, which is so insane because this is what these people literally do for a living. Right? But when you when you look at Picard and when you like with the the opening of Picard season one and you look at this it's just such a lack of imagination when it comes to the camera like why why do they have lapel mics why do they have lapel mics why do they need lights they don't need lights you're this is a holographic capture it should just scan the room for what's going on and then you just pick what it is later and if a little combat can pick up an entire room's audio you do not need a lapel (laughs) Mike, it's just, and then I then I thought maybe like okay maybe that's just for like a backup mic, and they'll remove it in post. Like when we see the final product of the interview, you won't see the lapel mic. Nope, still there, still there. And then right here, they're being recorded, but they're not wearing lapel mics. What's the deal? What's going on? It pisses me oh my off, God. folks. Go Tristan, go Rand, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I love it. But you're absolutely this right. This show should think- get canceled. No. <laughs> <laughs> Gene Roddenberry would be rolling in his grave if he saw this. Okay, Think of Gene's vision, people. (laughs) Oh, man. The lack of technological innovation of imagination of journalism in the future, I think is a sci-fi failure, not just with Star Trek, but very much including Star Trek. Babylon 5 tried it too, and with very mixed results. Like there was a drone recording for the camera and that sort of a thing. Like in the day was probably a novel concept, but nowadays not so much. And yeah, like you said, hollow imagers. Hello. Uh, It's it's a hollow imager. Scan the room. You don't need any lights. Yeah. Yeah. Which tells me that journalism is, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, no, no. I was just going to say it was like, like, so we're get to the mural on on the planet, the mural where like, like at the beginning, you see the Enterprise flowing, flying away and people's hands are outreached. And then you mm-hmm. see just absolute bedlam of people just like grabbing and like going crazy. And then everybody's right. like nude and fit. But, <laughs> right. Yes, yes. There's like this weird absolute chaos. And one butt. Very prominent butt. butt. Yeah. Girl butt. Yeah. Everybody else very is strong. wearing clothes, but there's a butt. Yeah. Very strong snoo snoo girl butt very Um, fit butt yeah so 
they said like for 10 to 15 years it was crazy. And they've yeah. been gone 17 years. So they've only had 17 years of peace. I like, mean, why would why would the addiction la- why uh, let me, not not addiction? What's the word I'm looking for? Um when you're recovering from addiction, like there's a specific just term. your recovery. Yeah, just recover. I guess I'm I'm blank. There's this there's yeah, but why would recovery take more than a decade? Shouldn't it take max a year? I, I maybe I'm oversimplifying uh, okay. here, but yeah, I think you are because physically the process probably doesn't take too long, but mentally, like all of the things like restructuring your life, creating uh, a whole okay. new life okay. without drugs, that is the hardest part. That's why a lot of people relapse so hard because creating that new environment that's a lot safer for you once you're out of rehab is really freaking difficult. Most people go back to the situation that enabled that pattern in the first place and it takes a lot of tries, honestly, to get on a different road and make it successful. It's very, very difficult. So 14 years seems about right. (laughs) (laughs) Two things about that. You're absolutely right. But they wouldn't have had the drug to go back to. But second thing that I'm completely not including and thinking about that would totally explain all this is um, their their entire economy was built on it. That's also true. So, so not only are they restructuring like their brain neural pathways and restructuring how they live, they're restructuring their entire society to yeah. function in a different so, so, way. So like 10 to 14 years and you have a total economic collapse because of drug ad- like complete mass drug addiction. Right. Yeah, that totally it, makes sense then. 100% and I do find it great because a lot of people when they do get off drugs and rebuild their lives, they do like they do like a 180. They embrace health and fitness. They value their body. They treat it mm-hmm. so much better. And so it makes sense that these guys are just all about fitness now. Made me laugh a little or, bit. Or, I mean, like you talked about where they could go back and, and try again. Like they could be going back to, I, I said like, oh, well, they would, didn't have the drug to go back to. Who knows if they didn't go to something else? You know, they well, didn't go to drink too. or go to something right. else, you know, like a different kind of drug. Yeah. There's all the attempts to probably to recreate the drug, find a substitute that didn't work, and then try other drugs, see what happens with that until you maybe just finally throw in the towel and say, okay, I've got a lot of hard work to do. It's time to live a life without this. So I take it back, McMahon. I take it back. (laughs) Yeah, it's actually a very... Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. But like at the end of the the reporter listing things about all the craziness that's going on that we've seen as an mm-hmm. audience, she does list one thing that we haven't seen. And she says like, and there seems to be a lot of Q stuff. So there's been, <laughs> there has to have been Q stuff that's been going on behind the scenes that we have not been witness to. <laughs> Apparently so. We've seen little hints of it, but this does lend to the idea that a lot more has been going on. Are we going to learn about that in the future? Gosh, I hope so. <laughs> oh, especially since well, I, I guess it's spoilers for season two of Picard, but I can't talk about that. But this <laughs> yeah. is go watch it. Th- this was pretty. This was an intense scene between. Uh, it was know, Freeman and Mariner. In my perspective, almost a little too intense from Freeman. Yeah, because I know she's on edge, and I know that she's gets crazy sometimes and she goes overboard. But if she didn't have that final line of, I don't even know if I can call you my daughter anymore, I'd be like, 
okay. Like you've put, you've put up with her this far with this much. Right. Like, What's you so know different? who your daughter is. Yeah. Like yeah. if she just said like, you're no longer my ensign or my problem and just left it at that would have been fine. Yeah. I actually thought she was playing it up because she's trying to create some drama for the reporter so that <laughs> she has a story to tell. And I thought, oh, she's trying to play this situation a little bit. And that's not at all really what was happening. But for a while, that's what I wondered was going on is they were, she got the whole crew on board to basically reject Mariner. And then the story is Mariner's reaction yeah. and she's being played. The only way that I can think of it, even though I don't agree with it, I, I mean, I, I'm with you on that one where it's just like, what else is going on? But even though I don't agree with the creative decision, I know why they did it because same reason why they had Jennifer Turner back on Mariner, which friggin' sucks. Yes. Uh, they had to cut all ties. Like they yeah. had to cut her mother tie. Like, I mean, the, the tie to her mother, the tie to Jennifer. And so the, all that, that was left was with the lower deckers, you know, like just with. Um, yeah. They're the only ones who will talk. Boimler. But that's not enough for her. You know, like she, I think she's been kicked to the side. She's left crews before. She's right. left other lower deckers. She's left other friends, but she hasn't, I bet that she hasn't left a um, significant other and her mother and her crew in the same day. Probably not. And she's very visibly upset about it. Like she knows this routine. She hates it. And, but here you go again. Like somehow yeah. this managed to happen one more time. And so she's just very resigned to her fate at this point, which is so sad. I feel bad for her. Yeah, because you start to think because she's reacting so honestly to herself, like she would have probably said something to Boimler about what she actually said if it was bad. Yeah. But because she didn't, I think it leads us to believe, oh, okay, so maybe there, maybe this is just a big misunderstanding. Like maybe she wasn't being the the typical um mariner i also want to say we have this old ass shuttle from season <laughs> one of tng that's covered in dirt and they're also wearing <laughs> season one uh tng delta shields <laughs> yes so yeah they haven't Star gotten Base any uniform the best. yeah they, they they clearly have stuff from you know 20 years ago and no one cares to update their equipment <laughs> let alone their uniforms <laughs> They're the bottom of the barrel, baby. I do love that they... We, we finally have a glimpse, anyway, of what Starbase 80 is about, but I hope we don't stop with this episode because, okay, yeah, things are unorganized. Things aren't great on Starbase 80, but why does everybody hate it so much? I don't know if we've gotten enough to fully understand yeah. that. It's got to be on the edge of something. Like, it's got to be something on the edge of uh, on a certain type of space or, or where yeah. it's... It's what's the term I'm looking for? Like it can't be important. Like it can't be on like Deep Space Nine where it's the center right. of commerce and and trade and negotiation, everything like that. It's got to be boring but tumultuous where they have to have a presence there. Right, right. Yeah, it's like the lowest station you could possibly have in Starfleet. So we're at the sister planet, and what did, what was going through your mind when we when we landed here? Like, what did you think was going to happen? It certainly wasn't what did happen, which was like the Breen invasion. I'm like, oh, the Breen? Okay. Yeah. What a surprise. <laughs> I, yeah. 
I was not sure really where this was leading. So this part was a complete surprise as to what was going on. What were you thinking? I was thinking that maybe they got hooked on their own supply because ah. their economy trashed, but they had all this extra, all these extra drugs. Sure. And then somehow they got hooked on it, but then destroyed themselves when the other people, you know, found a way to survive. I don't know. Sure. I was just trying to think of something that was totally opposite from what we saw. I definitely didn't yeah. expect the Breen to show up. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not. I like your theory, though. That makes a lot of sense. But probably a little too obvious, which is why we didn't get that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, I, I, I defy you to say, like, oh, I totally saw the Breen coming. <laughs> yeah come on nobody did nobody's thinking of the brain sorry we got a dominion war reference just then from the reporter which is always nice to see yeah. that you know mima callback mima she's so cute i love that that's like the first thing our counselor does is he's gonna call his mom <laughs> because he's in the center chair and she, she would just be so charmed by seeing her little boy <laughs> So we're, we're seeing the Breen ships that are, uh, you know, the same type of ships that we saw during the Dominion War in Deep Space Nine. And they have clearly upgraded weapons. Apparently uh, so, right? In the in the Dominion War, they had a weapon like that would, that would, you know, get rid of the, sh make the shields useless. But we found a way to get to, uh, the Federation found a way to counteract that. But they guess I, they found a way to counteract our counteract. And... I wasn't quite sure where this was going to go. I was really hoping, like when the Breen were, you know, coming in and like pushing them around and beating them up. I was really hoping I was just like, don't have a ship swoop in. Like, just don't, don't <laughs> have a ship swoop in and save the day. Please, please. That's the most obvious thing. But the twist is, is that it's basically a drone ship. It's an uninhabited, no crew ship. and. It surprises me that Starfleet hasn't done more of that sooner, especially for battles. That makes a lot of sense to me. Well, yeah. But the thing is, though, is that Starfleet always prides themselves in in being non-militaristic, even though they are militaristic. Like, it's a paramilitary where, <laughs> yeah. you know, they, they don't make warships. Like, it wasn't until the Borg threat when they even thought about making a warship, and then they made the Defiant and then a couple other Defiant-class ships, and that was it. True. And then it wasn't until they got, you know, the Dominion War happened where they're just like, oh, we have to completely rethink this. And so this is post-Dominion War. Yeah. Then I think the timeline actually works on when this would come about. Okay. Personally. Now that you mention it, that does make a lot of sense. That's true. And I, the ship even looks a little bit defiant esque, like a souped up defiant. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's small. It looks like a next generation defiant class. Um, well, I, I, I don't know if I would go that far. Now that I'm getting a better look at it, I wouldn't really say that's like a defiant. <laughs> but uh, it's it's weird to me that like okay, so like the Breen were able to to smack the snot out of the Cerritos and disable the shields and everything like that. What I know, we just got an appearance, but because I'm such a technical nerd, I'm just like, so they can destroy one ship with one torpedo. Like, what's <laughs> so special about those torpedoes? Why doesn't this? Why doesn't everybody have those torpedoes? Like, that has nothing to do with ship class. 
that's just a torpedo. Or does it? <laughs> yeah, it, it's me. just in, like yeah, unless they yeah they go with some some way like I don't know. Yeah, just are as, they trying to make a nerd. point that like the Cerritos is just that low on the totem pole that they Man, don't have? Know, I guess that could be one way to take it. Yeah, maybe so. And now we're in the official report on it is FNN, right? Is that yeah with okay. friggin' lapel mics? Freaking lapel mic, and they're so pink. And they're this—they <laughs> look like modern. They look like today's lapel mics. They Come on, do. Guys. They've lived this long. Why? Now that you mention like that, in, it bothers me so much. Seriously, it's like in Picard when um um what's her name had uh, earbuds to listen to music, and everybody's just like, "That's insane! Why would she have earbuds?" And then, like, I think the showrunner chimed in and said, ah, oh, well, certain pieces of, of technology, you know, like they peak, like you, they can't get any more advanced, like a spoon. And we're like, I can think of 15,000 ways <laughs> that earbud could, <laughs> could right? change in advance. Anyway. Yeah. That's not, Honestly, that's neither here nor you there. You know what I want to see is I want to see like little like noise canceling headphones that are just like little force fields around your ear. That'd be badass. Oh, yeah, let's see, just even something like that, or even just like, like, you like, we see her, her laptop, and then like, in the, in the little corner, it says like, noise isolation canceled, or something like that, where yeah, it exactly. only goes to your ears, because it's the yeah. future, and you can do whatever the hell you want. I do love that right. we get a Pytherian, it's Pytherian, or Pytherian, something like that, bat reference, which is an Enterprise reference, um, mm-hmm. with, uh, with the doctor's um, menagerie. <laughs> <laughs> with all those animals yes and now for a big reveal Shar, yeah you called this weeks ago i knew she would be back they would not have left this hanging without some sort of purpose down the road and lo and behold this is the perfect moment for mariner to resign her commission and she's gonna go mummy it up with almost vosh almost vosh yeah <laughs> discount vosh <laughs> <laughs> she's vosh like but she's not vosh all right. Well, there you have it, folks. To be continued until next week. With the season finale, episode 10 of season three. It goes by too oh, quick. Oh, man. Way too quick. But you know what? I am excited because next week, not only do we get the season finale of Lower Decks, but we also get back on the road with Star Trek Prodigy, which has been gone way too long. Those first 10 episodes feel like eons ago. But now we get to see the rest of the first season. I can't wait to catch up with all of the Janeways, what's going on with Chakotay. I'm very much looking forward to that. All right, folks, we'll tune in next week when we have the season finale and uh, find us on Twitter, find us online, go to the nerdparty.com for all of our backlogged episodes. You can find me personally at the insane Robin on Twitter. And you can find me at Oh, the profanity. Have a good week and live long and prosper. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party. <laughs>